Welcome to Sports Bites, the podcast that serves up a winning combination of sports and food. Get ready to dive into the latest scores, highlights, and game analysis, all while savoring discussions about your favorite game day snacks and culinary delights. I'm your host, Chris Joseph, and together, we'll explore the delicious intersection of athleticism and gastronomy. So let's kick off this flavorful journey here in episode two. For those who listen to episode one, I want to say thank you. We are available now over all major podcast carriers. You can hear us on everything from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, TuneIn, we're there. So like, follow, subscribe, spread the word, let everybody know that Sports Bites is out there to enjoy. Week one, uh, episode one, I should say, I talked about the top 10, my top 10 for the college football season. Today, for this episode, I'm going to talk about the week zero games that come up for college football. That's right, the first weekend of college football. Not the first full weekend, that's next week, my birthday I love it. Love when my birthday falls on the first day of college football. It makes me so happy. We'll talk about the week zero games as they come up. A couple of top 25 teams in action. I want to get into the Swamp Kings docuseries that I watched yesterday. Also, NFL talk. How many teams have new starting quarterbacks this season? The number may surprise you. We'll talk about who and how many, what teams have new quarterbacks. Preseason stuff still going on. Should be an entertaining NFL season. Also, there's some injury updates for college football. Some of the top 10 teams uh, have some injuries that have popped up, and it seems to be all in the running back position. So, And one suspension that could cause uh, some problems for one of the big top 10 matchups coming up in week one. Uh, yeah, last yesterday, my wife was off, and I was off. So we started watching the docuseries, Swamp Kings. Really, really, okay. I'm going to preface it this way. I've been seeing a lot on social media, on TikTok. I've seen Cam Newton come out on TikTok and already say he he didn't like how they portrayed uh, Chris Leak. And I could, you know, Chris Leak was a highly touted quarterback. He, he was a drop back guy. He wasn't a Tim Tebow. He wasn't. He made a lot of costly turnovers, though. Let's be real. I think the problem with the docuseries and why people have such an issue with it, I think it was packaged wrong. I think it was brought out wrong because when you see the trailers, you see everything going, you're like, oh, man, this is going to get into the seedy, dark underbelly of the Florida Gators, Urban Meyer. Here we go. I mean, when you had Aaron Hernandez, the Cam Newton situation that happened at Florida, the Pouncey twin, like everything that went on there. You thought, here we go. It wasn't that. I don't want to give a spoiler if you hadn't watched it. Um it was basically a docu-series of how the Florida team was built in that early 2000s, you know, 2005 to 2009, how they won a couple national championships, recruiting classes, how the team bonded, uh, kind of like a PR pub session for Urban Meyer. And I think if they would have just presented the series as that, this is how Florida was built. This is how they became the the number one team for that little four or five year era. But instead, when you see it, you think, you know, the you, all that, you think about, you know, you're going to find all the bad stuff. And maybe they didn't do it because Aaron Hernandez, there was already a docuseries on that. But it was just, it was, like I said, I just think it was packaged wrong for me. Was it still a really good docuseries? Absolutely. But if it was packaged correctly, I think nobody would have had a problem with it. I think they'd be talking about how well it was done because it was a good document. There was some stuff that was, you know, you're like, holy crap. The mat drills, wrestling. You see a guy get choked out wrestling. You can't do that stuff anymore. The running the stairs, you know, 
really, really, really beating, beating people down. Crazy. But, I mean, it, it, it was good. I, I thought for what it was as a sports documentary, it was really good if it was just packaged properly. That's what I think. It should have been done as a, hey, this is how Florida was built, not a untold stories of the Swamp Kings and, you know, you show clips of police cars and stuff like that. They didn't do a whole lot of talk about that. Cam Newton was very rarely brought up. I think he was brought up twice. So, I mean, nothing, nothing crazy. I still don't like Urban Meyer. I think he's kind of slimy, but that's just my opinion. The thing that was really painful for me was watching the highlights of that 2009 BCS game. And, you know, thinking about that game going into it, you know, that 08 year, of course, you know, I'm an Oklahoma fan. So that 08 year, that was the great Oklahoma-Texas game. Uh, Colt McCoy, Shipley, 45-35. Texas won that football game. I mean, they were still flying uh, a plane over (laughs) the Orange Bowl, 45-35. Oklahoma goes on to score 702 points, highest scoring team in college football history. First team to score 60 or more points in five straight games. Sam Bradford, Jermaine Gresham. I mean, this offense was potent. And I'm excited about this. I'm like, here we go. Orange Bowl, the history of Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. Growing up as a kid, you know, watching Keith Jackson, Jamel Holloway, where they beat Penn State, the, the champion. Oklahoma growing up, you were going to the Orange Bowl. You beat Nebraska, you're going to the Orange Bowl. That's what it was. Going into that game, I was really confident as an Oklahoma fan. Early on, the tone was set. If you look back now, Dallas Wright, or Major Wright, sorry. I don't know why I call him Dallas. Major Wright would have been ejected in today's game. Right or wrong. You know, some people say it's just football. Third play of the game, Bradford drops back and sees Manny Johnson going down the sideline. And Major Wright, like he even talked about this docuseries. He goes, I could have went for the ball, but I wanted to put fear I don't, I don't know if he put fear into the Oklahoma team, but it set the tone early as he blasted Johnson. But he put the crown of his helmet right on his chin. I was surprised Manny got up, plain and simple. Surprised he got up because he got blasted. Today's game, he would have been ejected immediately. So who knows what would happen. But not a lot of offense in that game early on. Two of the top offenses out there, Florida, you know, was able to do what they wanted to do. Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow, they're running all over the field. You know, the Oklahoma offense, I talked about what they were able to do. And just so many just stifling plays. And I think what cost Oklahoma in that game, think about the second quarter, a fourth and goal stop at the one. Jermaine Gresham was having a great – he scored two touchdowns. Should have been a third. I think they should have went to Jermaine on that fourth and goal. But a fourth and goal stop at the one. Bradford throws an interception. At the three with six seconds left in the half, Jimmy Stevens gets a field goal block in the third. And, and, and again, a tip of the hat, they, they re, I forgot how good of a play that Ahmad Black made on the interception late in the game to kind of secure it where he came through the Oklahoma receiver and took the ball away. And he got hit by, by Wright as well. I just It was painful to watch because that was the fourth BCS appearance for Oklahoma with only one win. And it was tough to hear people talk about that, you know, as like the Buffalo Bills of college football. And that really kind of started the downward slide because I think it was shortly after that. Um, I can't remember what year BV left, but the defense started to go downhill because it was 7 7 and a half. Oklahoma was bottling up, you know, Tim Tebow couldn't run. Then Percy Harvin started having some big runs. Percy was, he was phenomenal. You know, I told, I was talking to my wife about it. Now, I'll tell you this as I was watching this, especially the last one, I was making dinner last night. For those of you who like, to make fried rice at home and can do it well. 
kudos to you. But I started the process early. I cooked the rice. You got to wash the rice. You wash it till the water is almost clear. Then let the rice sit in the water for about 20 minutes before. You let it cook. Put a little garlic in there. Then I set it in the refrigerator, let it get cold. I got chicken thighs, which I like chicken thighs. A little bit better flavor. Then I got that, the, the bachan Japanese barbecue sauce. Let the thighs kind of... Uh, I got my pan real hot with some clarified butter. And I put those chicken thighs in there, salt, pepper, and that barbecue sauce. A little bit of soy sauce. A little bit of Mike's hot honey. Oh, some of the best chicken I've ever made. Did the fried rice, some peas, a little scrambled egg. Did it up, had some egg rolls. Uh, some chicken dumplings that uh, we steamed up. Great. I, I love making fried rice and stuff at home. So good. There's some left over. I'll probably have it for lunch. I just it, it was so good. But I'm also one like I wish I I don't have a Blackstone. I wish I did. I've got an Oklahoma Joe smoker. I don't have a Blackstone, but I'd love to be able to do like hibachi and really get into it. But I was doing that watching that last episode of Swamp Kings. Really enjoyed it. Again, I wish just it was packaged correctly. That's just all I would say. I think what they did was really good if they just would have said, hey, this is about how Florida rose to power and this is what happened. But they didn't. They made you think that it was going to be about the dark, seedy underside of Florida. I, like I, said, I still just don't like Urban Meyer. But if you want to watch it, check it out. And, and I think some of these, you know, the, the football docuseries have been so good lately. My wife and I also watched the quarterback series recently. Uh, I kind of put it off, but man, I love that series. That series was great. Falling around Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, Patrick Mahomes. I hope they do another year. I really gained a lot of respect for Kirk Cousins as a human being, as a father, uh, just what he goes through. Patrick Mahomes, he, he's phenomenal, you know, tip of the hat. Marcus Mariota, you know, lost a little respect for him, how he kind of bailed in that season. I forgot that he bailed. But I hope he's doing better. He's in Philadelphia now, backing up Jalen Hurts, who had such a great year. So it should be a lot. Of, but I'm going to talk about the NFL towards the end of this podcast. But now I'm going to get into week zero games. All right? College football starts Saturday. And I love it. And the first game right off the rip is a top 25 game. Well, one of the teams in the top 25. Number 23, Notre Dame against Navy. Or number 13, Notre Dame. I'm sorry. I don't know why I put number 23 down there. But Notre Dame and Navy, this is a traditional rivalry. It's a big rivalry. I mean, well, it used to be even bigger back when uh, they wore leather helmets and everything. But this is a big rivalry game. And I think that, you know, Notre Dame has a lot to really think about this year. You know, Marcus Freeman last year, they had some strain. I mean, they... They start off with the loss to Ohio State. Then they lost to Marshall, which was odd. They lost to Marshall in South Bend. You lose to Stanford, lose to USC. They did close the year beating South Carolina, who, who had really done a really good job closing out their end of the year with wins over uh, Tennessee and Clemson. They were able to beat South Carolina in the Pac Slayer Bowl 48-35, but it'll be interesting at quarterback. So they get Sam Hartman. The gritty quarterback from Wake Forest. ACC record touchdown passer, 108 touchdowns in ACC action. He leads the conference all-time in passing. Drew Pine, gone. He went to Arizona State. Tyler Buckner, gone. He went to Alabama to go play with Tommy Reese. I respect Sam Hartman because last year he was out early because he had a blood clot. 
Um, it's a, a Paget Schroeder syndrome, an effort effort caused thrombosis from repeated strenuous activity. He's had surgery. Everything seems to be good for him. Uh, the big safety blanket for the offense, Michael Myers, gone. They do have a loaded running back room with Logan Diggs uh, and Audric Esteem, Joe Alt at left tackle, possible first rounder, as well as their other big right tackle, uh, Jake uh, Blake Fisher, just as good. Lorenzo Styles needs a big year for a very non-proven wide receiver group. The Irish on defense, they lose three guys from the defensive line, including the all-time sack leader Isaiah Foskey, and th- they're really good. But they had too many long drive breakdowns, really weak red zone play. Now, they did get Ohio State transfer, uh, Javante John Baptiste. Hopefully, he's going to bring some pressure off the end. Jack Kaiser, solid at linebacker for him. Benjamin Morrison, six interceptions as a true freshman returns and hopes to build success early on. And Xavier Watts brings uh, a high upside to the safeties. I think Notre Dame uh, you know, is going to win the game. Because Navy now under new coach Brian Newberry, he was the DC under Ken Niamatololo for so long. Now they're not going to run the simple option anymore that Navy's been used to seeing. They're going to run some out of the shotgun. They're going to run under Cinder. Uh, they're going to mix up the pass. Now they're not going to be a 30 pass a game team, but I think you're going to see double digit passes a game from the Naval Academy. Xavier Arline and Ty Lavate should see time uh, and also. Their big fullback, Daba Fafana, I love him. He's going to spearhead the ground game. Their defense, very good defense for the Navy. They're very aggressive. A stout defensive line helped Navy rank third rush, uh, third against the rush last year. They're going to continue to be aggressive. I still think they're going to lack any talent in the secondary. A better schedule this year, 4-9 last year, and I think they have a chance to have a winning record this year. Line on the game right now is Notre Dame favored by 20 and a half, the over under 49. I I don't I don't know on the over. Uh, I think I think it's probably going to go under, but I wouldn't be surprised if Navy I mean if Notre Dame covers. Just my you know, I think they win. It's a big spread. I mean 20 and a half is a big, but it's in it's in Dublin, Ireland. You know, you got to go get your haggis. That's in Scotland. But uh, we'll we'll check it out. I, I think Notre Dame wins that game pretty comfortably. The next top ten matchup, the next top ten team in action. You got USC versus San Jose State. This is going to be an absolute smash. Um, I just I feel bad for USC uh, for San Jose State. It's going to get ugly with that. The line is thirty one. Uh, USC is favored by thirty one. The over is sixty six and a half. I think it's high, but manageable due to the lack of defense from both Alex Grinch and what San Jose State is bringing. Caleb Williams, I think, is going to start his Heisman defense off really well going against San Jose State's veteran, Shevin Cordero, under center. He threw for over 3,000 yards and 23 TDs. Kind of a dual threat on the smaller side, though. Six foot, six foot one, 180, 185 pounds. They're going to have to keep him healthy. Justin Lockhart will be his key target defensively. They're probably going to take a step back, which is saying a lot considering how bad San Jose State was last year. And they're losing most of their starters on defense. Again, 31. I think you take I think you take USC minus the 31. And because of Alex Grinch's defense, I think you take the over. I just don't think they're that good. It's Alex Grinch's defense, so you know they're going to give up a bunch of points, right? 
It's just what's going to happen. Plain and simple. An interesting game that's going to be on ESPN that night, UTEP and JSU, Jacksonville State. Division I Jacksonville State at Burgess Snowfield in Jacksonville, Alabama, which I'll tell you this, if you're in that area, if you're ever in Jacksonville, Alabama, if you're close to Jacksonville State University, you got to go to Cruda Browns, the Rib Shack. It's phenomenal. It's been around since uh, the early 2000s. Man, you, you can't get better. Just get you a half slab and buckle up. It's going to slow. So good. I used to live in Jacksonville for a little bit, and both my sisters went to college up there. It is a great, great local place. Cuda Browns. They take on the UTEP Miners. Rich Rod. Oh, Rich Rodriguez says he's going to start Zion Webb as a starter. Uh, but you might see some playing time from Nebraska transfer Logan Smothers. UTEP, uh, it, you know, they're okay. They're not great. They're not terrible. The interesting thing is kicking. On the road, Buzz Flaviano. Great name. Buzz Flaviano. His first collegiate action ever. Because the game's a pick em. It's a pick em right now with an over of 54. If this game comes down to special teams, is Buzz Flaviano going to be able to get it done? I'd still take the Gamecocks at home. I think they win this matchup, which would be a great start to the season for Rich Rod. A game that is just uh, one of the worst teams in all of the Division I football, UMass. UMass and Mexico State. It's on TV. It's football. Haven't really dug deep in either one. You know, UMass won one game last year against Stony Brook. Could be the same this year. Mexico State actually coming off a bowl victory against Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl. Had seven wins last year. New Mexico State favored by six and a half. The over is 45. I would take New Mexico given the six and a half. Uh, I think New Mexico State really does a good job. Uh, UMass just not that good. The next game I want to talk about, Ohio at San Diego State. Curtis Rourke returns as the starting quarterback for the Ohio Bobcats. The returning MAC Offensive Player of the Year tore his ACL in November for the Bobcats, but they're coming off a 10-4 season after a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl win victory over Wyoming. And it's just, you know, Ohio is one of those really entertaining teams. You love it when you see them on Maction. They do a great job. San Diego State, end of the year with a loss to Middle Tennessee in the Hawaii Bowl. Still a 7-4 season with the most consistent group of five teams. Jalen Maiden, the 6'3", 220-pound senior quarterback from Garland, Texas, does need to be better with the ball, throwing for 12 touchdowns, but 10 interceptions to go along with him. But Maiden will have a full-year quarterback, because last year he was moved from safety to quarterback because of lack of production from the position. Brady Hoke is needing to get a little bit more from that quarterback position. The line right now, San Diego State favored by two, the over 49. I would take the over, and I would take Ohio plus two for me. That's what the line is right now. Hawaii coming to Vanderbilt. First off, what is going on in Nashville at First Bank Stadium? I don't know if you've seen pictures of this, but it's terrible. Have you not seen it? Who was behind the startup of this reconstruction? Now, I know a couple years ago, Oklahoma was going through some rebuild, and there was some construction going around, but this looks terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Hawaii coach, former quarterback there, Timmy Chang. Oh, touchdown, Timmy. Lost last year to the Commodores 63-10. to They went 3-10 and last year. Not a good look for the Rainbow Warriors. Brent Braden Schrager, six foot three junior at a Highland Park there in Dallas, needs to be like his head coach was back in his college days. Needs to be, needs, you know, Schrager threw 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. AJ Swan, 
back to lead the Commodores after taking over as a freshman year. Has really good arm talent. Ten touchdowns, two interceptions. And he's going to have Will Shepard to throw to. Vandy went to Texas and got Cedric Alexander, a really good running back. He could make an immediate impact on the offense. Solid O-line. Doesn't give up many sacks. Doesn't commit very penalties. But won't blow many SEC teams off the ball. And you know, right now the line is Vandy minus 17 and a half. The over of 55. I would probably take both. 17 and a half in the 55. Over 55. Florida International versus Louisiana Tech. Grayson James from Duncanville was going to lead the Florida International team at quarterback. Not a great year. 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Lexington Joseph is the, Lexington Joseph is the returning leading rusher. They were 4-8 and eight last year. Louisiana Tech looking to build off a 3-9 and nine season under Sonny Cumbie. Five losses by 20 points or more. That's not good on defense. That sounds like some Alex Grinch stuff. Hank Bachmeyer, transfer from Boise State, will try to lead the Bulldogs to a much better season. Louisiana Tech favored by 11. Over 58 and a half. I would take the under, uh, and I would probably take Louisiana Tech. That's what I would do there. But that's the look at the Week Zero games. Not like I said, not a lot of action going on in the Week Zero, but it's still it's it, it's football, it's football, and it's here. I can't wait. We're, next episode, in episode three, we'll talk about uh, the results, and we'll start really getting into the games coming up for Week One. I mentioned earlier some issues for some of the top 10 teams in the country. University of Washington has lost running back Cameron Davis. The Huskies will now turn to Mississippi State transfer Dylan Johnson and Will Nixon to help out Michael Penix Jr. as Davis suffered a lower body injury, an undisclosed lower body injury, and will be gone for the year. Still think with uh, Johnson and Nixon and Penix back there, they'll be good. It's never good when you lose somebody. Your depth comes into play, so if you lose another running back, that could become an issue. Uh, I think uh, Dylan Johnson will probably step in, get the bulk of the carries there. Georgia got some bad news as former number one ranked running back in the 2020 class, Branson Robinson. He's going to miss the rest of the season for a rupture patella tendon. Ugh. I mean, he, he, was, he was a big time running back. Kendall Milton has been bothered by a hamstring all camp. So Andrew, Paul, uh, DeJuan Edwards should get some carries. Depth's not going to be a problem, especially early on, plus an easy schedule. Uh, that just sucks you know, for Robinson, who is looking to be the next big Georgia running back. And some news coming out today about uh, LSU's Mason Smith. He's going to be out for the game against Florida State. Now, he missed the second half of the game last year because he tore his ACL. Supposed to come back. One of the leaders on the defense, not going to happen. He is suspended. The NCAA is suspending him for gaining improper benefits from an autograph session before NIL. So before NIL, he was signing autographs, probably getting some money, something like that. He's now going to miss this game. So another player gone for for LSU in this Florida State game. It could just lead to big problems for LSU in this matchup. That's why I'm still leaning more towards Florida State winning this football game. Starting off with a big victory out there. Now over to the NFL. I talked about how many teams are going to have Brand new quarterbacks, 14 teams in the NFL. 14 teams will have new quarterbacks. Some of them are first-year quarterbacks. Some of them are second-year quarterbacks in the league. Some of them are just old hats kind of moving around. But 14 teams will have a new quarterback under center this year in the NFL. Start off, obviously everyone knows, the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers. He's taking over for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's still there. But you bring in Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Uh, the AFC East, a very tough division. Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots. You think about the quarterback playing that division and you know Daniel Jones. 
He's the guy right now in that division. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. I don't like the way he handles a lot of things, but he's a new, uh, you know, and it's different. People say he feels freer. I don't know. Is his talent? Is he a good, really good quarterback? Yes. We'll see what they could do up in New York. I'm not a Steelers fan, but Kenny Pickett with George Pickens, I think is going to be a phenomenal combination at Pittsburgh. Watch those two. But Kenny Pickett now taking over for Mitch Trubisky, which is now looking like a bad pick. People talking about, nobody's talking about Kenny Pickett's hands right now, are they? He's looking good out there slinging it. Second year player, I think I think Kenny's going to have a good year. Cleveland Browns, same division. They're starting Deshaun Watson. They no longer have Jacoby Brissett. He is in Washington. Deshaun Watson, it's just, you know, with everything that went on, I don't know if I can pull for that guy to have a good season. Plus, you're at Cleveland. Right now, that's where quarterbacks go to die. One of the new young guns out there, C.J. Stroud at the Houston Texans. I think he's going to struggle. Taking over for Davis Mills. Just not a good football team out there in Houston. Anthony Richardson taking over for Matt Ryan. Matty Ice for the Colts. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, them taking Anthony Richardson. Was that a good pick? He's just an athlete. You know, set the world on fire at the Combine. Great athleticism. Here you go. You're getting thrown to the Wolves. Week one starter in the NFL. Here you go, buddy. The Raiders starting Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, taking over for Derek Carr. Jimmy G getting his uh, his groove going in Las Vegas, being out there with the Raiders. The Raiders. The silver and black. The autumn wind is a Raider. Still one of the greatest John Facinda voice overs ever. The Commanders, we talked about Sam Howell. Love it. You know, Sam Howell could have been a first-round pick. Did not have a great final year in college, so he fell. Could have been a steal. But Sam Howell now taking over for Carson Wentz, who's gone. So is uh, Tyler Heineke, which I hated. I wish Washington could have kept Tyler Heineke. But I know Heineke wanted to try to get some more money to get to start. And he went to Atlanta. And now he's still going to be behind Desmond Ritter, which I talk about that. Desmond Ritter, starting quarterback at the Atlanta Falcons, taking over for Marcus Mariota, who Marcus is now the backup to Jalen Hurts at Philadelphia. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. We'll, we'll see what he could do. Uh, you know, Pitts out there. Kyle Pitts, a, a, a great target. You got B. John Robinson at running back, a, a great talent from the University of Texas. We'll see how well that does. You know, take a little pressure. When you got a good tight end and a good running back, that could probably help take some pressure off a young quarterback like Desmond Ritter. But Washington with Sam Howell, you think about some of the talent he has around him. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Doxson, Brian Robinson. It's a good offense. I'm excited, especially under Eric Bieniemy, to see how Sam Howell does this year. And if Bieniemy can get this Washington commander offense to be very productive to where they make the playoffs, you know, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but if they can have the success in Washington that they had in Kansas City, and yes, you're still some personnel away from having that team. I, I know that, and I am a commanders fan. But if Bieniemy can be successful in Washington, I think the sky's the limit. I still don't understand how he doesn't have a job. He must interview terribly. I, I don't know. But if he can get Washington winning and being a potent offense, I think the sky's the limit for him and jobs. Uh, Green Bay, starting Jordan Love. Here you go. It's your turn, buddy. You're going to be in Green Bay. Are you going to Lambeau leap? The Utah State product is getting his opportunity. The New Orleans Saints starting Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr been around for a while. He's taking over. Jameis Winston still there. The Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young, the youngster, modern day, California, great talent, smooth. Um, 
I think he's going to have a really I, – I think of the rookies, he'll probably have the best year. That's my my opinion. I think Bryce Young of the rookies, gonna have, he's going to have a really good year. My boy Baker, getting a start at Tampa. Now, you got a big shoes to fill taking over Tom Brady. But Todd Bowles is named Baker the starter. And look, I get it. I defend Baker quite a bit. You know, people around here, you know, I talk a lot about him. I, I had the opportunity to interview Baker when he came to Oklahoma. I got to know Baker a little bit. You know, I'm not going to say we're friends. And I defend Baker. You know, there's some things in his antics that I wish he wouldn't do. But Baker's one of those guys that if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, you want to hate him. But I hope Baker has a successful year with Tampa. He's going to get to start down there. The Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray's hurt. So it could be Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy could be the guy starting. I, I don't know. You know, the old veteran, the Texas quarterback, taking over for a hurt Sooner quarterback. You know, Colt was at Washington for quite a while as a decent backup, doing a good job. Now he's out in Arizona. He'll probably get the day one start against the Commanders, his former team, in week one. San Francisco, Brock Purdy. And how messed up is the San Francisco quarterback situation? But Brock Purdy from Iowa State, we all know, very close to leading the 49ers. To the Super Bowl last year, he gets hurt. You still got a really good offense. George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the league. Kyle Shanahan, great offensive mind. Brock Purdy going to be the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. But they just came out and said Sam Darnold is the number two. Trey Lance is now a third-string quarterback. You gave up three first-round picks for this kid to be your quarterback. I just I don't I don't see it. How do you miss that bad? And I know I'm not in the draft rooms. I'm not a GM. But that's that's bad. Three first-round picks. And now he's a third-string quarterback. May never get to see Phil. I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be best for him to trade, get out somewhere, and get to a system somebody you know shows a little belief in him. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But think about it. 14 new quarterbacks. In the NFL this year, guys getting fresh starts like Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield. You know, is this a fresh start for for him? You know, he, I think he showed a lot when he went to the Rams last year. I think he's a talented quarterback. People give him a lot of crap for his touchdown to interception ratio. Look at Derek Carr's. You know, it's it, it's not great either. But again, I'm a little biased. I'll admit that. I, I, I like Baker. I hope he has success. I hope he loses to Washington. Yeah. But I hope he does. But that, 14 new quarterbacks. Coming up in episode three, I'll probably give my NFL predictions, my NF, uh, NFL MVP, who should win the divisions, who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl. We'll get into that. Uh, some of the best stadiums that I've been to to witness the NFL game. Best food out there, and really just enjoying myself. Uh, I will tell you this: I mentioned, you know, if you're going to Jacksonville State, you got to go to Cuda Browns, right? If you're in Nashville this weekend, a place that I love going, your Nashville's only about three hours away from us here in Birmingham. If you're in Nashville around downtown area, there's a place called Burger Republic. If you like really well done handcrafted burgers, go there. That's where I got the idea, you know, in episode one, you heard me talk about tater tot fondue. 
that's where I got the idea from. My wife and I went up there, went to Burger Republic, and really loved it. They had a Ace Pineapple Cider that I really liked. You know, I can go through phases with drinking beer that could be, you know, I'll go through a phase where I like Guinness. I'll go through a stage where I like, you know, lagers. And I'll go through a phase where I like ciders. And that Ace Pineapple Cider was so good. As I sit around in my studio and I've got some really, really high quality bottles of bourbon. If you're a bourbon fan, let me know what you got. Uh, I've got some Penelope Toasted right now. That's what I'm pouring as my uh, just kind of sit around casually drink. And it is so good. I'm waiting. I've got a 15-year-old bottle of Calumet. Going to open that pretty soon. Enjoy that. But I appreciate you guys tuning in to episode two. Again, like, follow, subscribe, spread the word. Let everybody know that Sports Bites is on all major podcast carriers. Have a great day. Enjoy yourself. And remember to always positively move forward.